We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Saturday night at Target Center, where the Timberwolves just lost 129 to 107 to the Houston Rockets. And I am very glad that I am not doing a 25 minute podcast by myself because I this one might have broken. I don't know how I would have I don't know how I would have found a way to to, to talk about that. Kyle Tyge is still in town from Portland. He covered this game um, here at Target Center. We're, we are overlooking. <laughs> I was going to say, we are literally coming to you live from the post-game area. It is me, Dane, and an empty Target Center. Well, I see Judd Zolgad's over oh, there. Judd, yeah. I think John Krasinski. Yep. You know. AP is over there. and uh, They're typing away. All of the Timberwolves' best defenders are currently on the court still. <laughs> okay, so Kyle, you are... As positive as it comes. Oh God! When when this it is an intervention, you are you are <laughs> when it, an intervention when it comes to this team. And I mean, obviously, this is a, a brutal loss. It was a it was a brutal game. So the easy thing to do is just to kind of pile on, you know, that this is a disaster. Which yep. in yep. in ways like many ways it is. But I, I think if <laughs> if I've learned something over the years in this. Um, Getting too invested in a moment is stupid, uh, whether that be a good moment, you know, or a bad moment. Yet, at the same time, I feel that this game, this game was a real signal of some futility here. And so, I don't know. Talk me, talk me out of this. Well, I mean, let's just start with back-to-back home games against the Rockets. Also back-to-back for Houston. Yep. Um. For so no. Yeah. I no, let me get to my point. <laughs> okay. Back to back home games against the same team, <laughs> the two worst teams in the league. I think you know we we watch a lot of hoops. Um, the two worst teams in the league. I mean the Pistons give a little bit of a fight, and then after that the kind of this, 
there's a huge chunk between them in the in the standings. Um, the Pokashevskis are coming. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's 96 minutes, if my NBA math is correct. Uh, and the Wolves were literally crushed in 88 of them, right? Like they played yep. seven and a half. I guess you would say good minutes last night in the fourth. Had a f- had a fun comeback. Like to the haters who didn't think it was fun to watch a team go on a 22 to 0 run, they could have done that against Oral Roberts, and I would have had a fucking blast. Um, and then you thought, okay, like the biggest winning streak of the season is two. They've done it twice, I think. Um, build on that momentum. Come out, Christian Woods out, and just kick the shit out of the Rockets. Like just, you know, have some fun. Like have fun playing basketball and go win by 20. And that is not what they did. Like, I mean, it was from the tip. Um, it was bad. It was just so, bad from the tip. So I guess m- m- my question is, is are they capable of that? I- I'm with you that, that that makes sense, like, when you look at the Rockets. But if you look at the Wolves, as currently constructed, are, th- are they capable of that, of just taking advantage of another NBA team that's bad and down? Or are they just at that level always? I mean, that's a good question, but, like, look, if you're listening to this, like, pause, pull up the box score, and then tweet at me and Dane how many guys you recognize on the Ro- on the Rockets roster, right? Like, it's not like the Rockets have a ton of guys. Fair. Um, and they just played their asses off. The Rockets, I mean, this is, it's, it, it seems so complicated, and, like, we should have this Dr. Phil moment and talk for hours. It really was just, like, the Rockets played better last night, then got embarrassed. They were all over the internet and sports center with this, you know, didn't score in the last 730. And then John Wall, who was literally maybe the worst player in the league last night, said some things after the game that were like, we know how to beat them. Like, we we, we showed we can do it. We, we, you know, we messed up and we're going to come out there and kick their ass tomorrow night. And that's exactly what they did. Like, they came out and they like, they looked like a team that was motivated. Forget the record. They came out and they just handed it to the Wolves from the jump um, one of those times where, I mean, you know, if you can watch the game at home or whatever, but being able to watch it, like just watching the energy, it was just a team with 10 out of 10 energy versus a team with five out of 10 energy. Um, but why does, why does this Wolves team so consistently have five out of 10 energy? Cause they lack, they, 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 it, I mean, again, thank you for introducing me and saying I'm optimistic. It, it, you have to have pride, right? Like you have to like, these are one of those times where I don't ever really get super down on a player, but like you can look at cats box score and at it. and, and 11 look, shots yeah and look what he did um he put up he filled up stats and i don't think carl i really don't i really don't think carl is like a good stats well he's on a bad team but i don't think he's an empty stats guy i think carl anthony towns is a really really good basketball player he did nothing tonight to help them win nothing he never got us like one stop when they needed it or got a loose ball on the ground or like just got them a bucket when they needed. he did nothing and all I could think about was watching that game because the way I, where I was seated on my media spot was kind of behind the bench up in the stands. Um, I just kept thinking back to that moment in the Warriors game a couple of weeks ago when they were getting pounded and Steph Curry was just hmm. like professionally barking at like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre um, and just showing like passion like, yo, come on, we can't play like this. And I just didn't see a lot of that. You know what I mean? Well, and then... And I'm, this, I guess this might sound like we're piling on Cat, but but there, there's also this element of a fairly you know casual response to to that loss in the in his post game he just did as well, and and I guess I try and put myself in his shoes and and he's had to do 
literally hundreds. Yeah, no, of, no, of no. Media's after no, that's losses. True. That's but, a good point. But I don't think he reacted to this loss in a way that it, in that he felt, or that he it illustrated that he felt that this was worse than any other loss. And and I think when you juxtapose that upon the way Malik Beasley talked about it, Malik Beasley said he was embarrassed by this loss. He pointed out the fact that the Rockets have have just came off a 20-game losing streak and basically is just like, we shouldn't be losing to that team. And and it's it's not that Cat doesn't think that. You would just... I thought a lot about leadership tonight in this game. Yep. And, and you know, when it was halftime and they're down like 25 points, I thought to myself, you know, I wonder what's happening in the locker room right now. And... I think that's a spot where where you you want your leader to to confront your group and 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 tell them to play with with more pride. And who knows, maybe that happened. Obviously, we weren't, you know, we weren't in the locker room. I asked Malik about it a little bit and he talked about leading by example and all that, but I don't know what happened there and and I think the Wolves are in this spot where their leader is Ricky Rubio in terms of the speaker, the voice, the one who people listen to. And he's probably he's good at that, but he's not good enough of a player for that message, I think, to really sink in. Another thing I thought about, and again, Dane and I are gonna hit you with a lot of thoughts because we this, game, this was, game literally just ended. this game was over A well A just ended and B, this game was over twenty four minutes in. Like this game was over at halftime. So I spent the last forty, you know, some minutes of the game like just thinking about stuff. I was also thinking about way back when Flip Saunders had that really young team. Um, with Wiggins and Levine and Cat, uh, and I remember it was really weird the way the roster was built. But like every position group had a veteran, like Andre Miller for the point guards, or like sure. uh, Tayshawn Prince for the for the forwards, and um, like Kevin Garnett for for the for the bigs. Um, and that was intentional. Yeah, and 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 it was you know back then a little before the Twitter days, like I, people kind of made fun of it and stuff, and like you you're wasting roster spots on guys who don't play. But I think that was like really evident tonight because you make a good point. Like I think Ricky's. I love Ricky Rubio. Like, he's a good leader. He also played 54 minutes against the Rockets this weekend, went 1 of 12 and scored 6 points. And I have a signed Rubio jersey. But, <laughs> why, it, you know, why would young guys... The Timberwolves don't have anyone on the team that's ever really done much. Like, I mean, yes, they have so much youth, and that's kind of what a rebuild is. But, like, they don't have... Their biggest veterans are Rubio, Lehman, and Ed Davis. And none of those guys have really ever had, like thick success you know what I mean like like a, the Lakers team with Jared Dudley like he's you know had some playoff runs and like he's a proven veteran that's you know been a really good player back in his day um I don't I, I go back to you with the professionalism and the leadership who do they listen to and that that's why like my only positive takeaway from all this just on a night like this where you just I mean you and I really should just not done a pod but like to stick to it and stuff I it just goes back to Chris Finch like I thought the only real bright spot of the game was Finch just brought in all the vets like he just brought in layman he brought in some other guys and they actually busted their ass a little bit and tried and maybe that's what he does i mean i'm sure you want to know what are we going to do going forward because they can't lose by 30 for the last 26 games maybe just shake that shit up chris finch talked pregame about like no one has a birthright to start get weird i don't know you know what i mean like the my my overarching takeaway from something like this is that what could be like what could go worse you know what i mean if well i got an idea brooklyn on monday okay accurate didn't look at the schedule but like like you know what i mean like maybe just bench ant 
for a couple of games. Like, I, I know the Anthony Edwards thing has gotten really high, especially in the Phoenix games, and then kind of crashed back down. And there's a rookie wall and stuff, but, like... I mean, I think it's about holding him accountable. I mean, bench, like, not play that. I, no, I don't, I don't think... mean that, but, like, you know, bring him off the bench again. Send messages, I think, is what is what you're trying to it say. It was and... Statement Saturday today, and I think Chris Finch tried as many things as he could to make statements with his team, and I think that's, like, when you put all the veterans in. And it's so messed up, too, and I'm sure everyone had tuned out by now by the end of the last, or the fourth quarter, but with five minutes left in the game, they're losing by 34. He put all the starters back in. And I think that was like a, I think that was like a weird statement of like, we're getting embarrassed. Go out there and do something. Like, I don't think you see veterans get put in the game when they're down 30 at the end of the game. I don't think that like, you usually just let the scrubs kind of just bring you to the finish line. And um, I think, right. and that's, you know, I watched the game, like Chris Finch was pissed the whole time. He was mad all the whole time, but he just kept throwing shit at the wall and going to see what sticks. And that's why I think, like, maybe you don't start Beasley and Ant next game. Maybe you throw Layman in there. Maybe you just get weird and, you know, throw Ed Davis in the starting lineup or something. But there's there's no way this can get worse because all the, the, the floor is here now. This is the floor. Losing 95% of the minutes to the second-worst team in the league at home, this is the floor. So it's it's a four game homestand, right? Where yeah. it's it's the it's the Thunder, uh, the Mavericks, and then these two games against the Rockets. And I, I technically they won one of those four games, but I mean that that should be a a spot in your schedule that if you're a team who does care about winning right now, which given the status of their you know their the question marks around their pick and getting players like Malik Beasley back and DeAndre also back soon. It's a it's a time that you would want to take advantage of those four games, right? And they they did the complete opposite of that. I mean, the the Thunder game I found to be you know pretty much equally embarrassing to to any of the other games. You know, you go the, the Thunder game they're sitting out basically all of their good players other than Shea Gilgis Alexander, and you know the Wolves just can't even really keep up with them. Then you get blown out by the Mavericks, which like the Mavericks are a good playoff team. Fine, but it but it's also a blowout where it just doesn't really matter. And then the first Rockets game, sure you come back and win, but it that game stunk too, like it 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 as in it had a bad smell. And then this is just this one's just gross. So to not be able to at all take advantage of of a four game homestand right here at a time in a season where your stated intention is to take advantage of this time, it's it's really a pretty strong indictment, you know, of whatever this process is right now. And, and it, I think to me, it, it draws into some question, like, you know, what does the rest of this year look like? Yes. You have D'Angelo Russell coming back, but what, what are you, what are you building on? Are we just saying that none of this, nothing matters until you have the whole team healthy? Well, you know, it's kind of like tough shit. A lot of teams don't have their teams healthy all the time. Yep. And it, it isn't, it isn't this disastrous. I think about the four, that these are the first four games they've had fans at. Like <laughs> these wouldn't be the last four games they have fans at. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's seriously, it's. I, it, I, I talked after the Hornets game about this being the entertainment business, you know, the, that one before. Before the All Star break, and it wasn't remotely entertaining, which makes it, I think, inherently untenable what you're doing. You need to. You need to make, you need to change. You need to do something different, and they're not, 
They literally didn't do that at the trade deadline. I know they've already fired their coach and rehired them, but it feels a lot like you're just walking the plank right now, I guess. And I don't I don't really know where they're going. So after they didn't do anything at the deadline, obviously Gers had that press conference and kind of talked about we want to see what we have. And people didn't like that, you know, because it's it, it shows inactivity. It shows, you know, that you think you have something more than you do. Um, but I really do still actually believe in it. Like, I think we have to see what they have. And maybe that means one day Gers walks into practice or, you know, shoot around and just screams at people. or Chris. But to me, to me, if anyone's thinking, like, why should I tune in for the rest of the season? It's all about pride. Like, it, it really is, like... Uh, I mean, and again, not not to throw Carl under the bus, but like, I just don't know how many other guys who are at Carl's level, and I put Carl at a very high level, have as many blowouts on their track record as he does. Like, and, I, and I'm talking like, regardless of the guys that are, yeah, regardless him. I mean, of the guys that are around him, man. I mean, you're you're from Portland, follow the Blazers. I think about the Blazers last year, right? That team was decimated by injuries. The Thunder the other day were decimated by injuries and yeah, stuff. And Shea Gillis-Alexander lifted them to a blowout win. Like he, you know what I mean? Like Damian Lillard didn't coast last season into you know into just being like, oh, this is a tanking season. Shea Gillis-Alexander didn't coast into it when literally it's a tanking season for the Thunder. And I don't know. There's just there's a lot of this that feels like feels like coasting for the Wolves. But let's take a break and we'll turn the, turn the vibes around for the second half. <laughs> Your company's salary cap is probably tighter and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly so you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. With Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates with zero weight. Want our quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Kyle. So I think that part of the reason why this result was so surprising is that there was coming into the game you know a sense of energy around the idea that Malik Beasley has kind of been this team's most exciting if not best player all season before he went out and he's you know he, he's he's coming back and if if anything he's he's supposed to re-energize this team and um, understandably to some degree you know he's very rusty but I don't know I, I didn't expect I didn't expect that did not meet my expectations, I guess, of what the team would play like with with Malik Black. He played, he played so poorly, and and I don't know. I think the rest of the team kind of reflected that. Yeah, and I just I always go back to this like this hierarchy thing. Like, I thought they would come out just playing as espressoed up as Malik always plays, and they and they clearly didn't. I mean, again, they were run out of the gym from the start, but. I always just go back to like this hierarchy thing of like it's such so much easier like in an organization or a team or whatever like when you know who's one and who's two and who's three. Um, so not to like dilute your question, but like at the end of the game when it was just Ant and a bunch of bench guys, like Ant kind of knew he was the one and he felt I think most comfortable. But that's why I kind of go back to these weird starting lineup changes where I kind of hope 
Finch does is like no one really knows what uh, there's just like no order in the starting lineup right now. There's no hierarchy. There's no like if Malik's missing shots and then it's Ant's turn and then like, there's no cohesiveness. And I get that that's but part shouldn't of, the order so clearly just be Cat and then everyone else if he wants it to be. But <laughs> right though, like if he but wa- there's ways where you can enforce that to happen as the coach or as the players. I, I'm not sure that the other players on this team recognize that hierarchy. I mean, this is r- ridiculous again. I mean, for Cat to shoot 11 shots, Beasley shoots Cat's 7 of 11, Beasley's 4 of 17. Edwards, you know, with a with a rush at the end there, shoots 22 shots, makes 11 of them. I mean, it it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense that Cat only shot one more shot than Jaden McDaniels tonight, you know? I I I don't feel like there's I think Chris Finch wants Cat to shoot more. I'm not sure that the players, including Cat, want to shoot more. And and that, again, I go back to the Shea Gilders-Alexander, Damian Lillard thing. It's like they know, both of those teams know that Shea's number one in the pecking order. The Blazers obviously know that Damian Lillard's number one in the pecking order. And I think a big thing that's contributing to losing is Cat is not treated like the number one in the pecking order. Like you're going to lose a lot more when you are limiting your most dynamic player, which is which is I I worded that wrong earlier, but which is why I use the B word for Ant, which is bench him. Like I don't mean like to not play him, but that's why like maybe you bring him off the bench again. Like I don't. Anthony Edwards is 19 years old. Like he has so much to learn, and what he's learning now is not good. Um, like him having that rush at the end is cool. I'm sure as hell he's gonna post about it on Instagram, but like. <laughs> That what did what did that do for him to just get a bunch of gar? I mean that those were clear like that was garbage points. Like what is what did that do for him? I mean, does Chris Finch have like money on Ant for Rookie of the Year? Like it does nothing for him to learn. Like okay, I'll get those extra five minutes and I'll go hoop. Like that someone ha- <laughs> someone has to be punished after performances like that. You know what I mean? Like because it's not gonna they're not gonna beat the Nets. Like that we that's not a take, but like. If they could lose by single digits to the Nets, that would be like a sign of growth, right? Like to come out and like punch back a little bit. This team has no and it kind of goes back to my weird analogy of the the Andre Miller, Tayshawn Prince thing. They don't have any toughness. That's like the one thing. Like the the James Johnson Ricky Rubber trade. Who is like the toughest guy on this team? Who is the guy that if one of their players got, you know, Robin Lopez shoved, who's gonna jump in and like spar back? This team just has no they just get they have a ton of fun tipping off and getting up to a 12-2 run, but if someone punches them in the face, they have no fight. And, and that comes with some youth, but then that's kind of why I was... I mean, I'm pretty anti, like, ever getting down on Carl because I think he's a great player, but that's why I was kind of like, I think Carl's got to own some of that too. Like, I don't want to hear that, well, he's been on losing teams forever. It's like, well, then fix it. You know what I mean? Like, you got to fix some of that shit yourself, and that's whether that be a sideline thing where you don't have to freak out, but, like, you're really trying to pull your guys or just demanding more shots like we've talked about this a hundred times you and I on pods but like Carl's really a mature level of like saying and doing all the right things all the time he should try not doing the right thing anymore like just you know what I mean like <laughs> I know like, I do know what you mean yeah. like don't the right thing for Carl is to constantly pass out of the double team to a bunch of guys that really can't shoot and to take his 11 shots well, that doesn't work Go shoot 25 shots against the Nets and just see what happens. And if you get blown up by 40, then I'll FaceTime you and we'll, we'll talk about something else. But, like, 
just try something different. Like try not always being a humble teammate. Like just be an asshole. It's okay because yeah. this doesn't always work. I do think <clears throat> I have to get you have to let me talk about Jane McDaniels before we're done. But you keep going. I, I I think there's certain it's certain that Cat holds holds blame in this here, and I'm not I'm not trying to reduce that, but it is also you know the roster. It's the way yeah. It's the way it's put together and and has been created. And I know and obviously the way Rosas and company put this put this group together was with the long view in mind right okay with okay with the idea that you're going to take your lumps to get to where you know you're going but you have enough games like this and and you start you know asking yourself what is the what is the opportunity cost of of having that longest view what what are you what are you sacrificing in terms of habits by Having a roster that does not fit together, and again, you know, I've said this said this a million times, but it it begins to glare and it begins to burn, and I just there's still a lot of this season left, and yeah. <laughs> and and not everyone can go full Al Horford and just sit it out. So <laughs> at some point, someone's going to have to punch back. And I mean, and Beasley's going to play better, and D'Angelo Russell's going to come back, but I don't, I don't know how you could watch this four-game homestand and say, you know, it's going to, ch- it, that's going to make the difference, right? It, it, because it almost doesn't feel like a talent problem; it feels like a cultural problem that that has just sunk in, given the way the the strategy of how this was all put together. Yeah, I mean, and, and 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 if you're a Timberwolves pessimist or, you know, someone who's down on this team or this front office or this organization, I mean, it's hard for me to clap back right now because you, the I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Um, but I just, I, it's probably just hope now. It's not really anything concrete, but I just hold out. Like, I do, I do want to say some nice things. Like, yeah, when, you know, when you look at things, like I thought. I th- I can't remember when it was in January. It was I think the maybe the Magic game that they lost on that Cole Anthony buzzer, buzzer beater. I thought you said we were going to talk about nice things. No, just hear me out. <laughs> some some of I'm a huge Jaden McDaniels fan, and some of it's just for fun, but most of it is because I really th- see like a special player in there. And most of his great games have been. I mean, this is what happens when you're like 11 and 35, but most of his great performances have come in losses. And I don't mean like well, he's a losing player, but like. He was awesome tonight. Like, I really thought he was awesome. And I'm not just talking about what he did on the box score. Like, seeing him contest jump shots with his 42-foot wingspan and seeing him, he does have some toughness. He's a buck 85 dripping wet. Like, he he was on the ground in the third quarter for a loose ball. Like, he does, like, John Wall, by the way, I don't get to go to as many games as you. John Wall spent every minute he was on the court just yapping and Jane McDaniels was yapping back at him a little bit. Like, I just think he has, I think he's special. I think he's something that I look for. I would put stock and I look forward to him. Um, but I just don't think, that, I just don't think they have a lot of guys like him right now. I just don't think. Well, I also think a, a thing to point to is that he's very clearly developed over the course of this year. And Absolutely. Like, and, absolutely. And that is really just from a basketball standpoint, 
we are seeing Jaden McDaniels go from being a guy at the beginning of the year who was intriguing at the beginning of the year when he started getting minutes, but what was intriguing was he was making open threes, and when he got out in transition, he looked like a dynamic transition player. Other than that, you were like, I don't really know what else is – I think something else will be here. I don't really know what else that is going to be. What I've started to love is – and I, I honestly wasn't sure we were going to see this at all this year, but a little bit of off-the-bounce game. I'm, I'm loving those actions where he's getting the ball, swung to him in the corner, and it's his – op. he now has the optionality to not just shoot it. He can pump and go and, and attack the baseline in that way, and it's really like – He like hits like – he has like a little floater game. He has way – I mean, dude, he his touch compared to Ant's – again, <laughs> love Ant – and touch like around the rim if it's not going to be a murder or like a dunk like it is so bad right now and again that's again he's 19 like that'll come if you're used to just yamming on people mm-hmm. you probably don't have the strongest floater right. game so that'll come with reps but but yeah with Jaden I mean you saw it in that uh, they were on that side in the first half of uh, he he can he can dribble like which is nice right and, and that's <laughs> kind of what my point is is I I didn't I didn't know if he could early on in the year cuz we I mean we literally didn't see him do it for even when we people are getting excited about him and you're tweeting about him after every game and it's like this is exciting this is this is great well it was great it was exciting but with no off the bounce game yep. with with nothing other than threes transition opportunities and blocking shots and that in and of itself was was an, an enticing piece but now i mean pretty linearly we are seeing development from him and I, I'm I'm totally with you that he is you know sewer trash right like he he's not sewer trash but the sewer trash story like he's an angry guy and, <laughs> wait, and wait wait dad if you're listening to this he once called James Wiseman yes. sewer trash in a game so I just want you to not to think that Dave called him sewer trash <laughs> I've, I've referenced great this story, like everybody though. has listened to every single podcast about that's not true but there, I mean the cliche the way to put it is he has an edge right yeah and and it, it's on a team that often seems edgeless. Absolutely. And I would say I would say Malik Beasley, you know, has has shown an edge at times. I think, um, you know, and I, I think Anthony Edwards has too when when he's got rolling, got it rolling. Rubio, you know, you you see you get angry. Cat sometimes you see try and take over, but it's it's more it's like a staple of of McDaniel's personality, and and I, I really like that because I think this team needs it to be a staple of their personality. I think you and I will, unless this team does actually kill us, which we've talked about, has a chance sometimes, but I think if you and I do an, a pod in a year from now or two years from now, we are the only ones in Target Center, like, I think Jaden McDaniels is a star. Like, I really, like, just, because again, what am I, what else am I watching when they're down 35? Like, watching him, he's the team's second best cutter behind Jake Lehman. I mean, Jake Lehman's like a veteran cutter, but like, him and Cat work so well together. He knows how to sure. cut back door. He's gotten more backdoor looks for dunks in this four game homestand than he has all season. Um, watching him like run around screens, he hit one in the in front of the Wolves bench in the corner where he was sprinting. He gets his yeah. feet behind the three point line and he has such a smooth stroke. Uh, I just think he's gonna be awesome. But I will say, kind of to wrap up my Jaden piece while I'm in the city, he's like, he, and you're smarter about hoops than I'm. He's a three. And like that's something we can talk about in the summer or whatever. But like, he he's not a power forward. He could maybe play it in spot minutes. Yeah. But I think he, I thought, as you just said, like I think he can take dudes off the dribble. Uh, I think he can do so many more things. But he can't. He's just not big enough. And he I, he 
he had, might have that Kevin Durant syndrome where he's not going to get to 215. Mm-hmm. Like, he might add seven pounds by the time he's 27. Um sure. And maybe that's fine, but he 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 needs to play more on the wing and on the perimeter because I think he can attack guys. I mean, I've seen him go. These are such little nuanced things, but like I've seen him attack a guy and then go between his legs or go behind his back, like things that I he wasn't allowed to dribble right. in January. So well, I and I, I think it kind of goes to the whole idea that that we feel that this team you talked about needing enfor- an enforcer. Like this team needs more force, and I think at the power forward position, that's a you know that'd be a good place to add it in you know in in the off season yeah. is is more just strength and power and there's a good chance that Jaden continues to develop over the next 6-12 months and that part of that development has nothing really to do with strength and power to your seven pounds point like so so I, I I'm with you there I, I like I like the idea of you know in, in second units and such you know you go going with yeah. a small ball lineup as you know as a as a tweak but I'm I'm more getting there too, and I'm I'm wondering if we're if we're trying to if we're trying to force the McDaniel's thing on there because you have D'Lo, Ant, and Beasley already in your one, two, and three. Like you're like, oh well, we want this guy to be a starter, so if he's going to start, he's got to be the four. Well, we and we kind of talked about this at the trade deadline thing, but like if you're trying to look for I don't know things to feel cool about or look forward to, and you like transactions, I think this franchise will realize this summer that what Dane's been saying for essentially since the first time you potted with Britt before the season, like this current roster, just, it's not going to look like this. It, it, it just can't because if, 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 if we had Rosas come through the, the Budweiser little porch that we're sitting on right now. And like, he's like, Hey, you know, Jaden's long-term position is a three. And he just said, that's the only thing I can tell you. Well, then he's literally telling you that someone has to be traded because if Jaden McDaniels is your starting three yeah, of the future, sure. You, it, it literally becomes a numbers game that you can't then have Ant, Beasley, and Russell. At least I'll start, which you know goes to a lot of people's points in theory that Malik Beasley is a sixth man. Right. Which, if this team is able to pull something off at the power forward position this summer without trading Beasley, I would like it to become more okay, the idea that he can be a really good sixth man and still a sixth man that plays 30 minutes in a game and 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 part of that is just balancing out the usage usage scales right like that needs to happen I think a sneaky really good thing about Jane McDaniels is he's gonna he is a low usage player and probably will be a low usage player for a while you you would have to go look up these stats a little bit more but like he plays really well next to Ant (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because he is low usage he knows how to cut he knows yeah and Cat too like he knows how to not need the ball. Um, so if you're trying to build, like, okay, this season is a wash, but like, what would what would be a reason I'd buy tickets for the 2021-2022 season? It's like, I think if you plug Jaden into that small four and you know he works so well off cat and he has more time to develop and answer two guard, like, you can start to see a little something, but it goes back to what we've talked about for months now. Like, there's just, there's massive holes. And I mean, tonight again, against a Rockets team that I couldn't name half the guys, and they're biggest player was Kelly Olenek who just flew in from Miami they got out rebounded again for the 18th time I think in the last 20 games like that just in itself without going an hour long on defense like you see it better than I do but sometimes defense is just getting the fucking ball <laughs> right I mean, there, there was a couple times that I think if you looked at the play-by-play where they had the Rockets had three offensive rebounds in a row like that's just demoralized like if 
if you give up three offensive rebounds, they finally hit a three and you go down, you don't hit a three and then they come down and they get another bucket. It's just demoralizing. And that's where this team has no fight and they have no, they lack the ability to get the ball. They might lack the ability to fight given the roster. Well, Kyle, we said we were going to try and keep this to, to 30 minutes. Um, I think we should just pod until the sun comes up. Like, when will they kick us out of Target Center? <laughs> Probably soon is the answer. I'm I'm sorry that now you've you've covered <laughs> my record is has got to be like one in eleven covering games. But. Well, you know my win percentage. I have a higher volume of games. <laughs> yeah. so it might be it might be pretty similar. I'm to the, the one. yeah. I'm like Jane McDowns and your aunt. Like your volume is much higher. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle, for doing this. Um, Britt and I are going to pod tomorrow oh, for those yeah. of you. Um, <laughs> Very intrigued. Uh, Britt's going to say a lot more bigger words than I will, and he's going to be so much meaner, and I can't wait. Like, <laughs> tune in on Sunday afternoon for when that shit drops. It, it will. It will. And, and, we will <laughs> and we will have, you know, 25, 30 more games of this season. And, you know, like I kind of said at the beginning, stuff does pivot quickly. Like, I know you said it's a 0% chance that they beat the Nets. It isn't, you know, like that, that's just kind of how it works. Right. 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 I mean, you got to think too, like it was just like a week ago, right. Or a little over a week ago that like those two sons performances, you know, and then it drops out and we now, because there is talent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing to leave this on is like the franchise has its historical issues and the culture needs to be changed. But this, I will go to my grave that this team has a lot of talent. Um, It might not be enough to contend or, make the playing game or something, but they have talent. They'll address some of the holes, but the talent that's on the roster needs to fight. They need to show more pride because that's what you get paid to do. 100%. He's Kyle Tige at Kyle Tige. Um Read what he does at Canisupis and um, the rest of your staff there. Uh, thanks again, man. You, you saved me from uh, it would have been, it been a, a long night of me trying to fill up 25 minutes of Wolves talk on, on this game. And Let's uh, go have some red wine. <laughs> Deal. All right. Um, I'm Dane. He's Kyle. Until then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.